Um, let's open in a word of prayer. <clears throat> Dear Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for all you have given us. And uh, Lord, uh, my prayer this morning is that uh, when we leave here today, we will be challenged to get the order correctly. That um, that we will love and honor you in all ways and all the time as you deserve. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for um, the safety you bring us here. And Lord, we just pray for the uh, uh, the kidnapped lady uh, in the persecuted church. And we pray for the Donaldson family. We pray um, that uh, that you will just comfort them. Uh, both sets of families uh, um, so much and show them just how awesome you are. Amen. Uh, in your bulletins, there's an insert. If you want to take a peek at that, you can kind of use it to follow along with this morning. Um, there's uh, hopefully um, by the end you'll be able to, you know, have some answers for that. And uh, and if uh, if you want to bring it home and just fill them out there or just think about it longer. That's kind of what they're meant for. So, um, But yeah, this morning I was tasked with with humility. And uh, obviously to have humility, you cannot have pride. So, um, but it's just so much more. It's such a complex uh, topic and issue because it's so deep-rooted for one and it affects everything. Um, so, next slide. Okay, so your works. You know, we all have them. We all need to do them. We are called to do them. Um, but let's, let's just make sure that they're for God's glory alone. Um, without humility, anything we do, whether it's for God or or for what we think is ourselves or other people, if you do it with pride there and not in an attitude of humility, they're empty and falsely motivated. And um, let's just take a look at that. Randy Fraze's book that we've been going through uh, for the last, I think this is week 30, um, and this is the final week that we'll be uh, going through the Believe series. Um, he broke the, the book into three sections, Think, Act, and Be. I'd like this to just kind of contemplate the be and the act. All those things that uh, Randy went through, like um, um, the, uh, he went through the fruit of the Spirit. He went through you know, giving. He went through you know, serving. Um, if you're doing any of those things, with you, uh, with not having humility in your heart, what's the point? What is the point? Because really, at the end of the day, um, you know, if uh, if you're self-controlled, uh, you know, let's just say that, and uh, and you're like, wow, that guy was such a jerk. I wanted to pound him. Did you notice I didn't? Like, what, what are you bringing? You know, to, you're bringing glory to yourself. That, you know, and so you may have done everything that Randy had, had gone through in the book and really learned a lot. But without humility, what's the point? Because you're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for God anymore. Um, 
you know, if uh, faithfulness, man, I feel f- so faithful. I, you know, I love being faithful to God. You know, are you? You know, and just it's just kind of drawing it, it to yourself again. And obviously, I hope that no one ever says anything that direct and bold. But we don't, right? And that's the slippery slope of it. It's not a. Um, it's not so obvious. If it were, this, I don't think the struggles would be there as much. But they, it slips in. It just slips into your heart. It slips into your mind. It slips into everything that we do. And we need to protect ourselves. And because um, I know that all of us would, would really hate for pride and the lack of humility to hurt the gospel message and what we're doing here at the church. If people come through the doors and they see pride, they're not going to see God. They're going to see the people. And that's the last thing we want. Um, but there, there's a popular phrase, I'll say, in, in, the, uh, in the world. And it's, you know, take pride in your work. Is there anything really wrong with that if you especially for you know someone who's a non-christian you know but it's the, the word is the pride in your work god calls us to work very hard for him to do our very best to give our and this is the key our first fruits our first fruits god does not want our leftovers but he does not want us to boast it's a, uh, as First Corinthians one thirty one says, "Let the one who boasts boast in the Lord." That's the only boast we are allowed to have. And um, the uh, so it's my belief that if we interpret humility incorrectly, it will damage and it will hurt the church moving forward. It does not mean that you cannot be a strong leader. It does not mean that you cannot be someone who happens to be visible in what they do. It doesn't mean that all works that we do have to, if we want to be humble in them, have to be done where no one can see it. But for those areas when you are visible and in the background, like I said, like uh, earlier, like if you're asking people, you know, like say a question like, you know, oh, you know, I, even this is a thought to yourself. You know, I hope that people understand and appreciate how much time and effort have gone into this. You know how slippery that is? It's, uh, you know, so, but if you're up front, the problem is that people see you. So if they just see a big inflated ego up here, or, you know, doing music or whatever, and you're going to do a rock solo or something, you know, or... Uh, yeah, this funny video online, this guy worshiping and playing the guitar, and he was just going nuts. It was, you know, he was just like, it was, he was just in his own world. Like, it was just unreal. But I don't know if it was pride or something going on there, but he was just, it was, it was something else to see. But it was, you know, but like, we can't, it cannot be about us. Everything we do, whether it's in the church building, whether it's out in the streets, whether it's at anywhere, work should point everything to Christ. And we'll talk more about that later. Um, so at work, uh, getting back to the thought on the, the giving our best, for all of us who have had jobs, uh, we all understand that your employer 
demands your best. They want that. That's why you're there. That's why they're paying you. You don't give them your, uh, your best. You'll find out just how quickly you're just a number and you're out the door. It's, uh, you know, that's what you're there for. Now, our Christian, as Christians, our entire purpose of being here is to glorify Christ and to bring forth His mission to spread the gospel. That's why we're here. There's enjoyments in life, but that's not why we're here. And so, if, uh, so if our work demands our A-game, how much more should we give God our A-game? And, um, you know, it's, uh, we absolutely have to. So don't, so please don't confuse humility and think that, you know, it's, it's meaning that you have to be mild and meek and timid and invisible, basically. It's, we need to be pushing forward. We need to be prevalent. We need to be, but we need to do everything and direct everything to Christ, not to ourselves. So I came up with some definitions because obviously pride is a, um, if you look in the dictionaries and different things like that, like it's more in the worldly sense. But I would associate pride with being bringing praise to yourself and away from God and humility, bringing God the glory He deserves and taking yourself off the pedestal. Adam and Eve, I know this is very familiar, but Adam and Eve have had everything they could want. Everything. It was, they were living in perfection. None of us can say that. God had a perfect world. Then he made them, and they had everything they could want. Um, but if we look in Genesis 4, uh, we're going to pick it up at the tail end of verse Uh, For you will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of eat, sorry, that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable, this is my key, also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. So that's where the pride crept in for her it wasn't hey that looks like a really nice apple it was you know it was that the gaining wisdom so we bash them pretty hard for this you know oh if I was in the garden I wouldn't have done that well yeah right like seriously it's you know (laughs) we can't we can't claim that we weren't there so um, you know but the how much worse is what we do today. So Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, their temptation, it was to have the knowledge that God had. And the way I view that and see that when I was studying was that they were going, they were going for the equality with God. But in our lives, and this world we live in, in this North America, our temptation is to put ourselves above God. So how much worse are we? So we bash them pretty hard all the time. But let's examine ourselves here. We don't want equality, which is terrible, by the way. We want 
supremacy, putting ourselves above God. And we'll, so we can't we can't fall into this trap. Um, Um, next slide, please. The I don't know if anyone's read the book uh, John MacArthur's Slave. I haven't, but I found some nice quotes. <laughs> but the um, I've I know what the premise is, and I, I know that that it's a, a great book, and I would recommend it. But there's a, a really awesome uh, point uh, to what John had this had to say, and this is. I believe that this understanding will bring us to the place where we are able to live in the correct order of things that God wants for us to bring us to proper humility. So I'm just going to read a a couple of uh, uh, passages from his book. Over the last 12 chapters, which we didn't read, we have considered the crucial difference between servants and slaves, noting that while servants are hired, slaves are owned. Believers are not merely Christ's hired servants. They are his slaves, belonging to him as his possessions. He is their owner and master, worthy of their unquestioned allegiance and absolute obedience. His word is their final authority, his will for their ultimate mandate. Having taken up their cross to follow him, they have died to themselves and can now say with Paul, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Um, That's a typo. But Christ lives in me. As the apostles uh, elsewhere explained, and that was Galatians uh, 2.20, as the apostles elsewhere explained, Christ died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. 2 Corinthians 5.15 In reality, all life should be viewed from that perspective. As Christians, we are slaves of Christ. What a radical difference that truth should make to their daily lives. We no longer live for ourselves. Rather, we make it our aim to please the Master in everything. And to preach Christ as Savior, but not as Lord, is to present the gospel message that is incomplete. That is from John MacArthur. So if Christ is your Lord, then you are his slave. Period. Now, as always, Jesus is the perfect example for us to follow. It's kind of difficult to do a sermon and not like he, he's perfection. So it's he is the perfect example. Um, so obviously, Jesus came into this world was a king who was born into a barn. He was a savior who came to serve, washing the disciples' feet among other things. He is the Lord who laid down his life for his slaves and for his future slaves. So if Jesus can lower himself like that, how much more should we and do we need to? So why was Jesus born into this poor family uh, in the barn? As in everything, I... I am very, very strongly 
believe that everything in the Bible is just so significant and uh, that we can't miss or skip over anything. That, but him choosing to come in this way, I believe, was to give us absolutely no excuse. You know, we take pride in all sorts of things. Um, he was a king. He could have been, you know, brought in to a palace somewhere. You know, a miraculous virgin birth at the king's palace. You know, and could have gone that way. He didn't. And I believe it's because he wanted to give us absolutely no excuse. Um, and uh, so, you cannot serve God and be proud. That you may be doing good things, but if you are doing them in in vain conceit or any other way, they're no longer good things. We can only do. Um, good things for the master if we are in a right place in, with uh, humility in mind we need to put God in his rightful place uh, next slide <clears throat> so what does humble service for God look like um, I was uh, just toying around on the computer and I I, you know, you just want to make sure you're going in the right direction, right? So I'm looking around and seeing, you know, how do, you, how does the computer or the world out there, how, how do they define, you know, humble or humility? And I came across a really, uh, it just floored me that this quote was on there on vocabulary.com. A person or a place can be humble, but a person who brags about being humble or not proud may have too much pride in being humble to actually be humble. <laughs> Sometimes fictional characters try to earn favor by saying, I'm just a humble man in search of whatever it happens to be, when it is obvious that they are the opposite. Truly humble people keep quiet about good things they do and about their, hum- and about their humble and poor and simple backgrounds. This is the part that got me. In the Bible, Jesus is described as humble because he was born in a stable, served the poor, and sacrificed himself without bragging about it. He gave all the credit to his dad. And that was on uh, vocabulary.com. I I don't know what their background is, but I, I was very surprised to see that. But you see, that's the key. It's... Uh, in all we do, do it quietly and genuinely and give all the credit to our Heavenly Father. Um, so, can you sing? Can you manage finances? Can you lead? Can you follow? Can you serve? That's all great. Just be careful not to give yourself the credit. God deserves the credit. Um, it's a, I know it's a major mindset change. You know, uh, it definitely was for me. Um, but you cannot be good without God. So if you serve and are generous or can do anything in the church, it's not because of you, it's not because of me. It's because of God has given people either the ability to be generous and, uh, or the ability to sing, the ability to do whatever it happens to be. Without God, we cannot do anything. We cannot even breathe without God. Let's think about that. We, have, you know, if God wanted to, He said, "I no more for you." Done. 
I'm blue. I'm out of here. It's 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 his prerogative. It's his. Everything is his. We can't take credit for anything, for even lowering and raising our chest. We can't take credit for that. It's uh, so let's let's do our service for him in that vein, in that mindset. Um, There's, uh, you know, there's churches that we all tend to kind of pick on. If you think of pride and church, probably the first church or group of churches that come to mind is a mega church. That's not fair. It really isn't. I've been to a lot of small churches uh, where you felt like you couldn't fit in the building because it was just so much ego. You know, it's it, it. So you cannot paint one with the other. It is an equally problematic situation in all churches big or small some churches are small because of their pride that's that's a key like it's um, yeah so you, you, we can't just be like you know look at you know the, the way that one church presents themselves and does something we could not like it it could be not our taste but we can't paint them and say oh, that, that's just they just have too much pride or they pump their pastors up too much or they, or they do this and that. You know, it may be true, but they, they need to deal with their stuff. We need to deal with our stuff. And pride exists in all churches. Humility is hard. And that is what we absolutely need to understand. Um, so protect yourself at all times. Um, and like I said, you know... Uh, Earlier, God does not want our leftovers. He wants our first fruits. Uh, and uh, oops, sorry. And we need to uh, we need to give him those first fruits. Now, um, in terms of money, uh, the av- the uh, one third of the people in the world live on $2 or less a day. That's insane. That's one third. The average salary, and there's, you know, obviously the upper echelon people boost this one up, but the average worldwide salary is 18000 a year. And that's from the, those uh, numbers are from the BBC. They had a study so if we, if we think about this, why are we so blessed? Should we be doing more with what we've been blessed with? Obviously, yes. If there's some people living on two dollars a day, and we're you know just thinking your own mind as to where you're at, and the average salary is eighteen thousand worldwide, we are among the richest people in the world in this room. That's crazy. And how often are the attitudes really reflective of that? We are blessed by God immensely. And it is too easy to take pride in, in, in our, our money and, uh, and to not understand that we are just so blessed that God says, you keep 90, give me 10. 
He could say, give me a hundred or give me, uh, give me 90 and you keep 10. He could do whatever he wants, but he chose to give us, and for whatever reason, I can't figure it out why we're so blessed and some other people are so poor, it doesn't make sense. But for whatever reason, God has blessed us. So in humility, manage your finances with humility. It, it's just, it's, it's hard. Our mentalities are not built towards that, but we need to change that mindset. Um, our time. How, how often do we uh, really give, put, and remember, this is all about putting God in His proper place, folks. This, so, if we are the slaves, then why do we end up giving God the leftover time and not working for Him the majority of the time until He says, as the slave master, or whatever we want to call Him, or the Lord, and He's a loving, like, you know, we are thankful. Like, He owns us, but He is the absolute best Lord to ever have. You know, there, and the, the slave term obviously got tainted by the slavery that we know, and the, it was terrible. But God's slavery is not that way. He has owned us, He possesses us, but then He blesses us and calls us His children. And that's how He views us. But in terms of our time, let's have humility and, and get that right. That our time is not, we are, you know, our cottages, our our boating, our fishing, our or whatever we want to do in the northern Ontario, that's a big draw for us. So we we all love our recreation. We all love our different things. Uh, and but if we were to examine it and just try and see and and pray tonight, ask God, what do you want me to do? Like, and tell Him how you spend your time. See what He says about it. See if he's if he is honored and glorified and that he sees us as humble servants. He may not. It's it's tough. But if we get it right, imagine how much God will grow in this church and this community. That if we put the, the proper amount of time and gave God our best and our first fruits of everything, what difference that would make. As Dave mentioned, and as we all know, um, this church lost uh, a significant man, a lovely man, Chester Donaldson, this week. And we celebrated his life yesterday. I only got the privilege of really knowing Chester about nine years ago. Um, when I started to come out here when I was dating Hannah and you know right away I could see something different in him and at that point I didn't even really know Northland existed I didn't know anything that he had done I could see something different and I enjoyed talking with him and learning a bit from him when I could When I started to attend here, I'm not even sure what year that was or how old Chester would have been, but Chester was still doing grass cutting detail. The man was in his mid-80s. 
think about that. In his mid-80s, still trucking as much as his body would physically allow him to do. I think it took him a few days to cut the grass. Like, it's a, it's a big job. It's a very big job. And he had a humble servant heart. He got the order right. We need to get it right. Chester was a pioneer. He was able to do a ton of things. We may not be called to be the pioneers, but we may be called to sustain the mission, to do the work, do new work, do, uh, to, to be active in the ways that God has called us. And Chester understood that based until the day he died. He was God's servant. He was the slave. God was the master. I'd like to read uh, Mark ten seventeen to thirty one, just to bring everything into perspective. And as he was uh, setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, "Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life?" And Jesus said to him, "Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone." See, Jesus had it right. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. And he said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, oh, and come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but for God all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, See, we have left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brother or sister or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands will with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life but how many but many who who are first will be last and last will be first getting the order correct 
And then uh, Matthew 8, 19-34. And a scribe came up and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another of the disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Hopefully you see how these verses connect to what we're talking about. It's the it's all about the order. It's all about you know, it sounds harsh you know, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But Jesus is saying it's all get the order straight. It was the guy's heart that he was speaking about. Now as a church, I um what slide are we on here? We can go ahead on this slide. Yeah, that's good. We we need to be a community of believers who emulate humility. It's hard, but you know how are we going to do that? You know, like there's lots of different ways. And as you see on the um, question five on the on the insert, please fill it out. Share share your thoughts with somebody. You know, let, let's. Let's try and figure this out together as a community. Some thoughts I had were, you know, if, if you see somebody, it's, you know, it's easy like the world is, like, you know, pat the person on the back, say, you're awesome, you did a great job, you did this, you did that. In my opinion, that's bringing the focus on the, the human element. So if we want to perhaps change the culture a bit and bring it to a culture of humility, perhaps something we, should, we could try in our own hearts and minds and, and in actions is maybe draw out you know, you know, what you did and, and tell the person if you have to, if you feel led to, you know, this is how, your, how the service or how what you do in serving has edified the body. That's what it's all about. And sometimes people, people need to be encouraged. I know what it's like to be discouraged. It's terrible. It knocked me back for years. But if we find a way to to encourage each other to inflate God and, and, and the body and just and what we're doing instead of our egos and it's not intentional, I'm not saying anyone was intentionally doing that, but but maybe we can try that and I'd I'd love to hear if anyone else has any other ideas and and stuff we could put to practice. But um, next slide, Joe. Uh, let's close with this uh, with this final reading, and then we'll call the uh, the praise team up to do their final song. Imitating Christ's humility. It's Philippians two. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love. If any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness or compassion, then make it my then make my joy complete by being like minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, 
value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you for the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who in being who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalts him to the highest place. Give him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray while the praise team comes up. Lord, I, uh, I know I found lots of challenge in this, uh, in this topic, Lord. and Help my heart, help the hearts of the people here, Lord. Help us to honor you and respect you and put you in your proper place. And Lord, please um, discipline us when we get the order wrong. Let us see our faults. Let us see how damaging it is, Lord. If we don't see it, we may not understand it. So Lord, help us to grow. Help us to learn. Help us to put you first. And Lord, you absolutely need to be above all things. Help us to have the Lord and slave attitude towards you, even though you've blessed us so much by calling us your children and co-heirs with Christ. That is an amazing blessing, Lord, but help us to get the order right, that we, that you are everything and we are just lucky to be. Amen.